Welcome back to Rusted Junk, the 80s movies podcast. Do you find yourself wanting to put on a corked hat, fight crocodiles in the outback and then move to New York? How about befriending an alien by dressing him up as a ghost on Halloween? If so, this is the podcast for you. If you remember searching for that perfect film from Blockbuster, and if you grew up in the UK, waiting for that one VHS copy to be turned to the newsagents, then welcome. We'll have fond memories waiting for you. I'm Charlie, and the rest of the Rusted Junk team are Amanda... Joe, you and Dom. Hello! Welcome to the end, well, the the official end, end of the podcast. Yeah. Well, everyone thought it might have been Crocodile Dundee, but thanks to thanks to our listener, Frankie, who we'll talk about in a moment, um, it's not the end. We've got we've got an extension um, because we'd love to hear from our uh, listeners. And Frankie contacted Joe because uh, he's your nephew and said, I would love, I would, I love you guys so much that I'd love you to do the Princess Bride. And that's you're not, what you're not you're not going to do the accent, Frankie. Well, how can I do a Frankie? I don't know what Frankie sounds like. Well, just Frankie generic, generic how American. How old is he? Yeah, how old what? is he? And where's he from? I think he's around thirty now. Um, yeah. Oh, he's not a boy then. No. Oh. Yeah, that, and, and he was. Well, like he was born. born in he was born in New York, but he's got oh, this other... my speciality. It's the no, well, hold, I can't hold, do. Hit the brakes, okay? He <laughs> he was raised in North Carolina, so now he's got a southern accent. <laughs> so can you combine those two? That's a tough one. Nope. I, I say, I say, I say, I seem to be walking here. Jesus. <laughs> How about that? He's supposed to be paying tribute to Frankie, not insulting him. So uh, <laughs> just... I don't know what he sounds like. But look, is it the New York where you go, well, I want to buy coffee in New York and I want some pizza. Bada right? bing. Bada bing and all that. Or it's it's no one uh, say that in New lawyer, York. lawyer in a white suit, in a white trim suit and a, and a cap going, Ah say, I do believe this boy is innocent. <laughs> that's a uh, Foghorn Leghorn. Yeah. That's what we're all <laughs> well, thinking. Well, go on then, Mister Mister Man of a Thousand Impressions. Give me anything that sounds remotely English. You? I mean, me? No, yeah, go on. Well, that's... go on. Like, well, yeah, I'll do yours. Hit, hit us like... with your best shot, I... Benatar says. Go on. I say, what a wonderful day it is in lovely old England. It's not bad. <laughs> yeah. What? <laughs> what? It's not bad. It's better yeah. than your American accent. Yeah, it's better than Foghorn ah. Leghorn Light. <laughs> well, out of the three, I was the only one that went for it. Unless anybody else thinks that they've got a better. Right. No. Oh, look at them! The look at them all—all and... all silent now. Right, I see. So, Frankie, great guy, great choice <laughs> of film. Yeah, yeah, thanks, thank Frankie. We haven't even told everyone what it is yet. Um, it, thank you, Frankie. It is the Princess Bride, the nineteen eighty-seven. Comedy, fantasy, everything. It's got a bit of everything. It's got a bit of something for everyone. Um, and because it's Frankie's choice and Frankie can't be here to explain why, do you have any insight, Joe? Or maybe you could speak for him and and say why he might have uh, uh, asked well, us to do this? Well, he said it was one of his favourite movies growing up, and I guess he saw it a lot on cable. And uh, every time it was on cable, he would watch it. And he just enjoyed it and i think a lot of people felt that way too i was gonna say like how i felt about it i never seen it in theaters and it was on cable and i think that's how a lot of people got to see it it was on cable and they showed it over and over and over again and it was fun 
Um, but I don't think it did well in, in the theaters. I think it made about 30 million off of a 10 to $15 million budget, which mm. isn't a huge success, but, uh, yeah, it was 26 million. It made, yeah. I made 26 million. Well, we'll mm. get into it, but, uh, but that was it. I, you know, and again, I could picture him as a kid, you know, just like the kid in this movie, Fred Savage, you, you know, he's sick. He's got nothing to, you know, he's home and he's watching The Princess Bride. I think a lot of people did that. Well, I, personally, well, I'll, I'll go first then. I, um, one of the, this this movie caught, caught me a bit by surprise. I didn't know what to think of it. I thought it was just going to be a generic fantasy. You know, um, I hadn't watched Legend. I had watched Kroll, you know, stuff like that. I thought it was along those sorts of lines. Well, you never but, seen this? I, no, I'd seen it, but back oh, in the okay. 80s, it's something that hadn't really interested me. So it wasn't like one of those weekend one things that I would go to the cinema to watch. But I did end up seeing it at the uh, local flea pit. Um, but it was good. And I think it was just, it was good. It was surprising. I think it was funny. I just thought it was cleverly done. I thought people, you know, obviously it was based on a story, but, you know, there was a few embellishments and, you know, uh, rewrites and things there. Uh it's a great, it's a it's a good, solid, funny, and you could show it to anybody type of film. And I know people might, I don't know what, what you're all going to think of it, but I mean, I could put this on again. I could watch it again tomorrow. You know, it's just one of those types of films that everybody in it plays a good part, I think. And you just, yeah, it it, it is the best at what it is. Um, am I going to hand over? We need some sort of virtual baton that I'm just going to throw over. Uh, do you know what? I usually, I'm usually good to dormitory. Buttercup, over to you. Is that me? It is. Uh, yeah, not seen it before, ever. Didn't even know it existed. Um, but uh, spoke to a few clients since we knew we were doing this. And they were like, oh, my God, The Princess Diaries. Oh, my God, The Princess Bride. Sorry. <laughs> Diaries, a completely different film. Um, mm. The Princess Bride. Oh, my God. That's one of my favourite films. I'm like, I didn't even know this thing was was around. Yeah, yeah, I said, you, you'll really enjoy it. Well, did I enjoy it? Hmm. I, 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 I was sitting next out. to you and I don't, didn't know. Yeah, I can't work out if it's a good film or not. It's really weird. It feels there's something missing. I don't Ooh. know what it is. The plot's okay. Uh, I do think there's a, a, a an undertone of S and M going through yeah. it. Watching it as an adult, really? <laughs> oh God, yeah. As you I, wish, I yeah. do. Yeah. Um, Jesus, what? <laughs> I was thinking about something else. Throughout. I, I, I've, got that, I've got that in my notes as well, Amanda. So yeah, yeah oh, right, okay. even when he's like being electrocuted or whatever on the on the rack thing, you're like, seriously? <laughs> okay, you guys are a bunch of perverts. <laughs> well, there we go. Um, but it, it felt a little bit swashbuckly and a bit like Zorro, and it was all kind of in a melting pot. So yeah, it was it was all right. I think I'll probably watch it again. Did Amy watch it with you, or no? no you should watch it with Amy. No, she didn't. Yeah, if we we're going to watch it again, we might. Yeah, stick it on. She might like it. I think she would. Wow, mm. Dom. Well, continue the S and M theming then, Dom. 
I almost... oh, sorry, I'm, I'm going to linger on that in great depth and detail and get into our review, tantalise <laughs> you with it, tease you with it. Yeah. yeah. Bring you to the heights of pleasure and with my intellectual insights, of course, that mm. is. Um, so I, I don't really remember it being released. I don't remember it as a kid, but one of my housemates at university, the pre-Hunter days in Nottingham, uh, B, BC, as I, as I refer to it. Yeah, he was a massive fan and had been for ages, knew pretty much the whole script off by heart and uh, and he introduced me to it one one evening and uh, yeah, really, really enjoyed it from the start. It's uh, a film, a bit like Withdale and I when we reviewed that in a recent pod, that lines I still quote to this day and uh, yeah, I think it's a really uh, witty, charming, original film and um, hats off to Frankie for... Nominated yeah. this, and I've actually, in a bizarre coincidence, I've got Frankie in my life as well. And um, they've put some recommendations that I'm going to bring to the table for our next season. But uh, Ooh. Oh, cool, wait for that. Yeah, so this is what we like. We all need this... a friend called Frankie, yeah, yeah, because I <laughs> haven't. Friend... You haven't got a friend called Frankie, everyone yeah. should do this. This pod should be sponsored by, by Frankie. We love Frankie, yeah. <laughs> shall, I, shall I weave in Sister Sedge Frankie? No. At this point. Right, okay, I might. Maybe that could be the end credits or something, eh? It could be, yeah. We'll probably get... If we're going to get a copyright strike, we might as well go out in style. Joe, over to you. Yeah, like I said, I had seen this on video, either VHS or cable. I never saw it in the theatres. And as I was watching this, I realised what the big problem was, why it wasn't successful in theatres, was the title. It's so lame, The Princess Bride, because this is mostly marketed for, or not really marketed, it should be marketed for boys, you know, and guys to go see. Because like what Amanda said, it's like swashbuckling, like Errol Flynn sort of thing. Mm. And when you see it, you know, and you're a guy watching it, you really enjoy it. And I guess girls enjoy it too. But nobody wanted to go see a movie called The Princess Bride if you were a guy, you know, it's like, eh. You know, they could have come up with a, a better title, like maybe the Dread Pirate Robbits uh, and yeah. uh, the Princess Bride or something like that. But I think that that kind of hurt the success of this movie. But that being said, I, I do think it's a fun movie to watch. I do have some issues with it. Um, I think the casting overall, overall is, is very well done. But um, yeah, like I said, I got some issues. I don't know if I should bring it up now or later. Um, oh wow maybe we're, well, we're going to discuss the film right we are and roll call is going to be a little bit more because there's a lot in there um i'm going to have to skip over some uh well we're going to have to in order to to try and keep it into time keep it to time so on that note should we just go into roll call and then let's do yes. it okay yeah. here's roll call here we go okay so is it cariel cariel ways isn't it yeah. Yeah. To carry Elways. Uh Amanda, give me another film with him in it. I don't know who you're talking about. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the lead. The, lead. the Dread Pirate Roberts. Oh, I don't know, but he's it was quite handsome in this film. <laughs> right. Well, great. Priority no, mask thing on. Oh god, is this is this gonna I'm don't I'm not having to click the explicit button again. That was oh, a kiss of death for our podcast mask. when we did that. What? Well, I don't know where you were going with the mask stuff. I thought it was going to go into oh, the S&M. All right, okay. Dom, any other film before I go to Joe, who's probably got at least two? Robin Hood Men in Tights, is it? Yes. 
Yes, yeah, very, that, that very was good. The one I was going to say. Okay. So none of you were going to go for uh, Days of Thunder. I've never seen that one. Oh, Dracula. Twister. Twister. He plays a very good bad guy in Twister. You're such a I, Twister fanboy, aren't you? I am. I love Twister. It's a great film. I was going to uh, say, I haven't seen Twister in a while. There's a bad guy in Twister? Yeah, him. He's the bad guy. <laughs> what is he? What does he do? Is he... He, he, he he tries to beat them to the punch with the, getting the research on the hurricane. Oh, okay. So he's the competing guy. Okay. Yeah, he's a competing guy and he's a bit of a dick. Uh, he was oh, you could first... say that word? Yeah, of course and you that can. Doesn't... All right, okay. Short for Richard. All right. Such as uh, cockerel, we can e- equally, we can say, what a cock. Okay. What a big throbbing cockerel, yeah. <laughs> what, a, what a purple-headed cockerel. <laughs> yeah, that's about where we, that's about, we're just testing the limits there, that's fine. What a great big uh, engorged human. Okay, that's... Uh... <laughs> he was in the original Saw. Uh, he was in Stranger Things, and more recently, he was the CIA director in the new Mission Impossible film, Dead Reckoning, which I believe we all enjoyed. Yeah, and I forgot he was in it. Yeah, I tell well, you, if I was if I was him, I would kill my agent because yeah, yeah. after this movie, he should have been a huge star. He should Quincy. have been up there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And don't get me wrong, Robin Hood Men in Tights is a good parody. It's a good. I mean, I know that. Amanda hates those type of films, but mm-hmm. it's pretty good. We didn't but like yeah. it over here. Oh. Uh, next, um, oh, we're going to go. No, no, we've got, we've got loads to go through but... this. But unless you've got All Oscar right. bants, go on. What have you got? No, well, I, just, I think it probably is worth dwelling on why he wasn't more successful. Is it purely because it didn't do very well at the box office? Because like Joe says, he's he's got everything. He can He's funny. He can deliver a line brilliantly. He's handsome. He's athletic you know you can do the sword play and be convincing i thought um yeah he's a he's an excellent actor and it is a big surprise to me that he didn't go and do anything more substantial just what are those fickle twists of fate do you think or anything more meaningful well may, maybe we can look at days of thunder as the kiss of death because if you're in a tom cruise film you should go go on and do some hopefully do something a bit better but in days of thunder i've only just written it down because i only just thought of this michael rooker and Michael Rooker then ended up going playing Henry Port- Portrait of a Serial Killer, which was a brilliant film for all those that, that remember it. But then went into junk and stuff like Cliffhanger, which is watchable enough, but it's not like Stallone's best film. Um, and not really doing an awful lot. Michael Rooker wasn't good looking, but he's very talented. So I don't know. Maybe maybe the Days of Thunder has got a, ooh, it's got a curse on it. Who knows? But yeah, so, he should have done more. You, yeah. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. Yes, there we go. That's that's yeah. all I've got. Unless I'll, anyone I'll else stop, has got I'll stop better. hijacking roll call then if we're going to rely on that. But yeah, you go for it. Get control of the pod, for God's sake. Go I'm on. not going to say curse for everything. <laughs> it's all okay. right. It's fine. Next one. Well, here's, here's another one. Man, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to go for the other... I'm not going to go for Robin Wright just yet. Mandy Patinkin. Um, uh, you, uh, my name is Inigo Montoya. Mandy Patinkin, you hardly recognise him because if you look at what he's famous for now, anybody? He's more of a TV actor these days, isn't he? He is. And what's his biggest show that he's in? Five seasons? Six seasons? Homeland. Yeah. Big, big bushy, big bushy beard. And you're like, yep, Homeland. So what did he do? He starred in Yentl before this. 
Um, and then after this, he was in Alien Nation with James Caan. Hmm. Did you say Yentl? Yentl. Yeah, I remember he was in Yentl, yeah. Yeah. Uh, he was the piano player in Dick Tracy, very slimmed down version. Uh, but he was the piano player uh, alongside Madonna. He was in The Music of Chance with James Spader. The massive TV, two massive TV shows, and nothing, none of which I watched, Chicago Hope and Criminal Minds. Uh, he was in, I don't know if you watched them, Joe. No. And Homeland. And I'm like going, and there's another person that I think should have done well. Yeah, you're right. So See, maybe, I mean, I think he's my favorite character in the movie. Yeah. Yeah? Okay. Okay. I agree with that, but I, I didn't realize he was the same guy that's in Homeland. Uh, the, um, I don't know, he's supposed to be Jewish, the guy with the beard. That's yes. mind blowing to me because he's a great character in that as well. He's, he does a great performance in that as well. So yeah, it's wonderful. Two. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the later seasons, he becomes a bit of an ass, but yeah, he's, he plays it, whatever he's doing, he's playing a good part. I think he did um, a lot of theater. And um, yeah, yeah. I, when I was lived in Fort Myers, uh, you know, for, for a couple of months, or maybe I didn't know. I knew someone that lived in Fort Myers, and and she was excited because she was going to go see him uh, in some stage performance over there in either Fort Myers or Naples. And I'm like, that's weird, you know, because again, I would think that he would be huge. I think he'd be huge at like Comic Con conventions, you know. Yeah, but if he went there, he'd be he'd be there for well, maybe for this Alienation and Dick Tracy. That's it. I mean, he didn't set the world alight in Dick Tracy, to be fair. He plays no one did. All right. Uh, Robin Wright. Somebody just get it out of the way. The, the big film that she was in. And let's let's move on. Not, not, not move on. Right. Okay. Forrest, Forrest Gump. Yeah, great. Yeah. Wonderful in that. You guys hate um, that movie, don't you? I, I like it. Yeah. I mean, and I don't Dom think it's necessarily it. best picture winner. No, definitely, perhaps not. But and let's not talk about Tom Hanks for fear of getting, no. you know, um, kicked off YouTube altogether. But uh, I think there's a lot to like about that film. That's a pretty original film, I, I would suggest. Uh, and I think her performance in it's pretty, pretty decent. Sentimental revisionist twaddle. That's what Forrest Gump is. <laughs> of the highest order. I don't know, well, man. Do you like Forrest Gump? It's all right. Oh, okay. That's a nice it's mix, a... isn't it? <laughs> love, hate, indifference. Great. Excellent. Well, you know what it is? Across the board, then, aren't we? I don't think well, it, is, did it Did it beat out uh, Pulp Fiction? Well, uh, I, think, I think it won Best Picture, didn't it? Um, yeah, yeah, I was going to say, it was, if, it, if I... it's Oscar Bantz, yeah, we can never let it... No, it wouldn't have been because. Oh yeah, it would have been because they were both ninety four. Uh yeah, that's a travesty. Mm. Um, but I, I think why we like it over here, and I guess there's a lot of people that hate it here too. It's just it's like it's a feel good movie, and you kind of root for Forrest because I know I can't say the word, but you know he's a, a bit slow, and you you just are happy when he succeeds. I mean, it's completely unbelievable, but it's. It's kind of like a fun movie to watch, I guess. But mm. I understand the hate too. But it is a bit slow. He doesn't understand that chocolates. All most chocolates come with a little board that tells you what's in there. So um, life definitely isn't like a box of chocolates. Um, well, maybe he can't read. <laughs> yeah, well, at least he can read. He can look at pictures. 
I go, that chocolate there looks like that one in the box. Anyway, never mind. Uh, I think he'd buy the same chocolates so that he'd get to know what they are and wouldn't need, you know, things like that anyway. Yeah, that makes no sense. I mean, having a picture of the chocolate that's in the box is going to be the same as the picture. The picture is going to be the same with the chocolates in the box. I mean, so how are you supposed to know what's inside that if it's just a picture? Because it's on the bottom. Yeah. So I know, but it's a picture. It's a picture of the candy. Chocolate. the chocolate. On the bottom of the box. Because you just turn the box over and you know what you're going to get. Well, what is it? Is there a picture of peanut butter? Is there a picture of, you know, No, but you can look or... at a chocolate and you can see roughly what it... If it says you... it's a rum truffle, you know, you've got a rum truffle in the box. You know, a truffle, a truffle is... would look like that. An orange truffle. You'd just go, Life okay, is... well, it's a truffle. Life you've is like a box that... of chocolates. You've... You never know what you're going to get. You've clearly never seen that TV show Cake or Real because honestly, oh. all, be- oh, all yeah. bets are off these days. Yeah, no, you can't tell if it's real, cake, chocolate. That is a good show. Hollywood film from the 90s. So, yeah, look, um, life is like a box of chocolates. It's all effed up. That's what I would say. Where do you get your chocolates from? Exactly, yeah. Where are you? Are you getting cho- chocolate misshapes from uh, Poundland? <laughs> misshapes. The yeah, there's, there's a pulp song in there somewhere. Look, anyway, I've <laughs> belatedly remembered slash Googled what was yeah. uh, what Forrest Gump was up against. Okay, so it was a very strong year, I'll say that. So winner was Forrest Gump uh, for best film, and it beats Four Weddings and a Funeral. <gasps> you know, classic British film, Joe. don't know what you think of that, but uh, that's basically... No, I like it. I like it. Grit- gritty, realistic portrayal of um, modern Britain. Um Quiz show, which is slightly forgotten these days, I think, but also that's decent. a good film. Ralph Fiennes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Shawshank Redemption. Oof. What? Oof. <laughs> Come on! Come <laughs> you don't on! Like Shawshank Redemption. What? Well, it's. I don't like a film that gets blown up into like mythical status. It's a good film. It's a oh, solid film. You're insane. You are, not, you are insane. It's not Lord. like. It's just like ET. It's like people with ET. They just no. Lose you their can't minds. compare. You can't compare <laughs> Shawshank with ET. How dare you? There's some good bits in it, and all the performances are great. And people need to win Oscars, absolutely. But it's not this. Oh my God! I think the best film in the world is definitely the Shawshank Redemption. He does this, and he does that, and he does that. And you're like, oh, Christ. Sorry, I might have to. I might have to take that one out. What? What's that to you today? <laughs> Deranged, and that's it. We'll, we'll, we'll get to. Anyway, Wait. look, just to recap: Four Weddings and a Funeral, yeah. very good, popular film. Quiz Show, <laughs> underrated, classic. Shawshank yeah. Redemption, Stone Cold Banger, whatever you say, and Pulp Fiction. It beat all of those. Forrest Gump. So, Did what it? a year that was. Mm. Yeah, yeah. That's... Honestly, the ni- the nineties were the best decade. I can't wait until we branch <laughs> off into the nineties. They were. Yeah, well, thanks. Oh, yeah. Th- thanks for yeah. <laughs> I'm glad you've enjoyed your time slumming it on the 80s until we finally get to the <laughs> to the 90s. Yeah, is this just an audition? Or, or is it, or... Blank walls behind me. I'll have pictures of Oasis. I'll have yeah. I'll have Pulp Fiction. Oh, it's gonna be it's gonna be awesome. Yeah, You're gonna do your Scatman impression or That's what you mean by Scatman, is it? Well, don't Google it, kids. Don't Google Scatman. Yeah, don't. Okay. <laughs> Can't right. Anyway, the S&M, I, look, look how much I'm going to get right. I'm going to whiz through these. Okay, Robin Wright. Sorry, she was in Tory. She was in your favourite, Unbreakable. Um, Joe. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, Everest, Moneyball. She was in Wonder Woman one and two, uh, Blade Runner 2049, uh, Justice League, and most 
recently and controversially uh, House of Cards with Kevin Spacey. And she was married to an asshole. Who was it? Sean Penn. Oh, it's Sean Penn. That's right, isn't it? Yeah, good actor. Mm, yeah. No, but he wasn't very nice to her either. Well, he wasn't very nice to Madonna, was he? So No. But, I'm not being funny, Mystic River is just next level. It's good stuff. That is good yeah. acting. Didn't see that one. Very good. Go. Right. Let's. Mi- oh, yeah, do that. Go and see do that. Do that. Do, do. Any, anybody listening, go and watch Mystic River. It's fine. You need to. Uh, Chris Sarandon, uh, Prince Humperdinck. Um, Are you related to Susan? Yes, brother. Uh, Really? I didn't know that. Is that true? Yes. Interesting. Uh, He's the voice of Jack Skeleton in Nightmare Before Christmas. Let's move on. Uh, Fright Night. No, Fright Night, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You didn't like that movie either, huh? I I like that movie. Fright Night was all right, yeah. I'm not yeah. totally going to, you know, if I like if I like the film. Well, we're coming up to Christopher Guest, Nigel Tufnell. Let's turn up to 11, Spinal Tap. Um, you wouldn't even recognise him, would you, really? You think? We've done him recently. No, no, but you wouldn't recognise him in the film unless you, like, read that that was him. You wouldn't guess that that was him. I don't think, anyway. I, I recognise him right <clears throat> away, but I guess because I've seen him a lot. Uh, Wallace Shawn, uh, inconceivable. Uh, <laughs> I can't believe I, st- I, I. The first thing that I wrote that came out of my own head before I wrote anything else and looked it up, he was the dealer in Vegas Vacation with Chevy Chase. Yeah, <laughs> right. Oh, really? <laughs> that and I just read that and then I went right. I'm going to have to research this. Wow, he was in Prick Up Your Ears, She's Out of Control, Clueless. Uh, the Pink Panther series, which I didn't know, The Incredibles, Young Sheldon, and he's the voice of Rex in Toy Story. The dinosaur. So well, His big movie was My Dinner with Andre. I don't know. Like, okay, I missed that one. I probably skimmed over it because I didn't know what it was. Well, it's a, My dinner it's with a Andre. classic. Yeah. No. Is it good? An avant-garde drama I've got it down here as, so I just thought <laughs> it sounds obscure. But that's his. That was his. Go on, Joe. Elaborate then. It's a bit pretentious. It's basically two guys having dinner at a dinner table, and he's not Andre, so he's my kind of like. Is, is the other one Andre the I, Giant? Yeah. No. <laughs> I'd pay to see that? that man eat at a restaurant, trying to use the like knife and fork and his massive hands of his, and uh, hilarity would ensue. But that that wasn't the gist, no. No, it's just a bunch of yuppies basically having dinner and like they'll bring them their salad, their soup, their main course, their dessert. And then they just talk about life, you know. Um, but like some people will, well, again, they'll say it's so avant-garde, but most people will watch it and say it's uh, very boring. I remember there's a scene in The Simpsons where Martin is playing a video game. They're in an arcade and he's playing My Dinner with Andre. <laughs> ah, that's the reference, right? Brilliant. Okay. And uh, he hits the button and he says, tell me more. <laughs> Fair play, Joe. Fair play. Uh, Andre the Giant. I don't have anything for him. Are we doing He's a separate there. trivia time today? So I've got a few bits of trivia for him, which I can insert here. We will, yeah, we will do. Uh, Fred Savage, anyone? I wonder Wait a minute, are you serious? You don't have anything for Andre the Giant? No. 
Well, he's have you got? one of the most famous wrestlers in the world. Is he? You didn't know he was a wrestler. No. Good lord. I think okay. it was WrestleMania WrestleMania 2, he fought Hulk Hogan. He was like the most popular. I would say it's Hulk Hogan and Andre the Giant are the most popular wrestlers ever. Joe, we had four channels and we barely got anything. Did we the only wrestling we got was Big Daddy and Giant Haystacks? That's right. Shirley on a Saturday you. afternoon. That's all we got. Hulk Hogan, we didn't know who he was when we watched Rocky Three. Really? Well, no, why would we? I don't know, because I thought it was just a phenom. I, I mean, I, there's a documentary about Andre the Giant. It's, it's kind of interesting. Is it all um, about wrestling? It's more about that, and more than just wrestling. But he's so big, the guy. I mean, he's over seven feet tall. And what is he, like, maybe four or 500 pounds? Maybe, he's, I, I guess he's like 500 pounds. He can't fit on the toilet because it just break it. So he's got to take a crap in the tub. Oh, that's horrendous. <laughs> okay, maybe I skated over this. I need to do better research next time. And that then, you know, horrible. And then, then when he stays in hotels, like the maids have to clean that up. Oh, <laughs> yeah. no. No, that's, that can't be real. He, no, why doesn't he scoop it up and put it in the toilet himself? Because he was famous. That can't be real. That's rubbish. That's not real. Yeah, you make. Oh, that look up. it up. No, it's, it was in the documentary. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, very good. Why is why is Charles's search history giants giants dumping into bathtubs? <laughs> Man, don't worry. Everything's fine. Don't worry. No, I, I'm going to do my um. I'm going to do my facts on him now, given that we've Go already clearly gone into trivia time. So he was also unofficially crowned the greatest drunk on earth for once consuming. Well, I've got the US and UK measures here. 119 12 US fluid ounces. Joe, hope that means something to you. Or um, 41 litres of beer in six hours. Um, which uh, on David Letterman's show, he told him it had actually been 117 beers that he'd drunk. Um, and when Letterman asked him if he was uh, drunk off the back of that alcohol consumption, he said he couldn't remember because he passed out. Uh, on the. Le- <laughs> Episode Legends of Wrestling, Mike Graham said that Andre Giants once drank um, 156 fluid ounces of beer, which is uh, 73 litres or 128 pints in one sitting, which was confirmed by other witnesses. Um, The Fabulous Moolah wrote in her autobiography, there's no more authoritative source than the Fabulous Moolah, that he drank 127 beers at the bar of the Abraham Lincoln Hotel in Reading, Pennsylvania, and later passed out the lobby. The staff could not move him and had to leave him there until he awoke. Um, and he was once challenged to a beer drinking contest by some foolish individual called Dick Murdoch. And after nine hours or so, he'd drunk 116 beers. Nearly there, but this one ties into a film we're watching. A tale recounted by Car- Carrie Elwes, is that how you're pronouncing it? Well, about yeah. this book about the making of the Princess Bride. He said that Andre Giant fell on top of somebody while drunk, after which the NYPD Blue had to send a, an undercover officer around to follow him to make sure he didn't fall on anybody else during the filming of the thing. And finally... That's double finally. He drank 14 bottles of wine ahead of his famous WrestleMania 3 match. So, yeah, hats off. That was WrestleMania 3. Okay. Yeah. Uh, does it say how much he weighed? Uh, no, I basically focused on the alcohol consumption, but, uh, but no. <laughs> I, I'm, I reckon he's carrying a few pounds if he could put away that much. He's like kegs on legs. Yeah, it's 14 like bottles of wine before he gets into the ring. <laughs> <laughs> And, and Hulk Hogan lift him, lifted him up and body slammed him. Oh. Surprising Lord. spew everywhere. 
<laughs> yeah. I think he didn't crap his pants. Yeah, while he was just passed out in the uh, hotel lobby. Lovely. Um, right, Andrew the Giant. That's good, actually. I, 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 uh, that's the most information we've ever had when I've had a blank entry where I basically just was not going to be doing anything. Fred Savage, uh, vice versa uh, with Judge Reinhold, The Wizard, The Wonder Years, obviously, as he said, Manda. Um, gold member, Mole. Oh, yes, he is, isn't he? Oh, yeah. Yeah, Fred Savage. Mm. Um, yes, I do indeed have a mole. Thank you. Get out of the way. And Deadpool 2. He was in as well. I just uh, want to say really quick. So Andre the Giant was 520 pounds. Which is... So, so it's a lot. Okay. <laughs> you know, All right. So why don't you put 520 pounds on your toilet and see if it breaks? What's it in stone? Oh, I don't know. I, I, that always confuses me. Well, pounds of... Anyway. Peter Falk, it's... Columbo. Let's move on. 37 uh, stone he was. 37 stone. Blimey. God. Um, Peter Cook. Uh, he's not in it for long. Uh, imagine, he's the more... si- imagine the size of his balls. That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff Wode. <laughs> um, bedazzled. He was in the original Bedazzled, not the remake with Liz Hurley. Which where Liz Hurley's pretty sexy in the remake. Uh, he was in the famous TV series, not only, but also he was in Derek and Clive, the most famous one, Derek and Clive Get the Horn, which is incredibly funny because all they do is just get hu- copious uh, bottles of whiskey uh, with him and Dudley Moore and they get so drunk, but it's mostly based around cancer. So I guess if you find that, that they managed to make cancer, well, just go and listen. Uh, unfortunately, he also appeared in Supergirl uh, to his detriment. Oh, yeah. But yeah. Uh, next, Mel Smith. Uh, so Peter Cook died in 1995. Mel Smith died in 2013. Um, over here in the UK, Alas Smith and Jones, who was famous for, mm. uh, with Griff Rhys Jones. Uh, he was in Morons from Outer Space with Griff Rhys Jones. Um, but he also played the hotel owner in or the hotel rep in National Lampoon's European Vacation. I wish I could get all of the references in. That's it for National Lampoon's Vacation references. But, yes, he's the one that tells them what the uh, the phone bill was. Um, yeah. I'm just, I'm just going to come out and say it, yeah? <laughs> Speaking as a patriotic British person, Mel Smith and Peter Cook badly let the side down in this film. They are total weak links uh, in an otherwise impeccable ensemble performance, I think. They are indulgent... Peter Cook in particular is just terrible. I I had fond memories of that, and then when I was re-watching it, I was like, yeah, this isn't what I remember. Driven, I agree. Really. Driven. Yeah. The, the rest of it, sharp, witty, zigging one-liners. And then you got this clown coming up and doing some kind of sub-pantomime-esque, you know, guy with the speech impediments. I think it's uh, awful. I can't stand anything like that. Or the Goon Show or anything. It's just Prince Charles and his posh mates having a chuckle about some nonsense they listen to the radio in their 50s. I can't stand it. Um, <laughs> yeah, so self-indulgent tripe uh, by the director. For me, it loses a mark just for their performances. Wow. More so Peter do, Cook than Mel Smith. Who do, do you not find... Do you, do you not like Peter Cook? Or do you not... Or not is really. It just, is it, not really. Do you not I'm like not Derek fan. and Clive then? Mm, for... Um, no, not really, if I'm honest. Okay. 
That's <laughs> fine. I was going to go. It's going to elaborate, but no, it's short. Well, no. I mean, I've I've vented vented a couple of things. I'm, I may looking at this list. I, I still I still may yet with two to go. Ooh. Um, Carol Kane. Anybody? Uh, taxi. Okay. I know you. She's. She, I think she's mostly famous for Taxi, but I know you're going to say Scrooge. Scrooge. She's the fairy in Scrooge. So she will come up again in the next in the next month. We do Carol Kane. Uh, she was in the Corey. Corey Feldman, Corey Haim, Licensed to Drive. She's had a nice guilty pleasure of the 80s. Uh, she's also in Jumping Jack Flash with uh, Whoopi Goldberg, which is not a bad film, I remember, but I only remember seeing it in 86. Uh, Adam's Family Values and Hunters, the series about Nazi, undercover Nazi that we watched with Al Pacino on Amazon oh, Prime. Yeah. Uh, and then lastly, we've got to finish off with... Depending on how you feel about him, the great Billy Crystal. Let's. Who, who wants to go? Famous Billy Crystal is not a test. It's what? What? What do you think? What do we think? Well, I first saw him in Soap. Yeah, that, that's where I first saw him. Yeah. And see when Harry met Sally. That's right. Yeah. Mm. Do we like that film? Do you think it's a good film? <laughs> All right. Okay. It's not far. There's a nervous chuckle from Dom. He's thinking that I'm going <laughs> to eviscerate it. I'm not. It's 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 okay. It's okay. Yeah. Dubbing with faint praise, isn't it? Really? <laughs> what do you want to say? I'm not going to gush about it. It's not. Gosh, I mean, really? I, I, I have There's issues with Meg Ryan. I don't have any issues <sighs> with Billy Crystal. Here we go. Go on. What's your issue with Meg Ryan? Well, I just don't like her. She was she was rude to. Uh, she was rude to the. Um, oh, who was it? Michael Parkinson. Really? Michael Parkinson. There's another British person who's overrated. You know, <laughs> rest, rest, rest in peace and all that. But God Almighty, he milk. He, he let's. I'll use a polite version. He milks that one dry. Um, that one trick pony that he was, <laughs> Bluff Yorkshire. Sorry, Joe. This is a bit meaningless for you. He's, and, and most there, of our listeners. But there are some, yeah, there are some things I would have to acknowledge that we don't do as well in Britain as you do in America. Wrestling would be an example. You talked about that earlier. I would love Joe for you to sit down and watch the. The, the car crash that was a British wrestling scene in the 80s and 90s. Um, and another one is talk show hosts. Uh, that's why the king of comedy doesn't really resonate over here because they're just one-trick ponies. Um, what? Local boys made good. Oh, Terry Wogan. They named a building after him. And he was just... <laughs> well, he, he might as well have got his hands and knees and bobbed his head in his guest lap. That was that was essentially his shtick. And uh, yeah, no wit, no insight. Honestly. Michael Aspel. No, he's the poor man's Michael Parkinson. (laughs) He's absolute zenith, yeah. He was like worth Terry Wogan's toenail, perhaps. I don't rate Terry Wogan. Jeez. Yeah. So, well, it was going to be contentious, but yeah. Well, no, you saw, I, I used to that, like thank Meg you for Ryan. helping me answer the question why I don't like Meg Ryan. But yeah, the, that's fine. Thanks. <laughs> okay. No, I thought she yeah. was cute, like uh, especially in inner space. I thought she was cute. Yeah. Um, but but then she turned into a whore because she was married to Dennis Quaid, and then she started cheating on him with uh, Russell Crowe, and then oh okay she 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 basically left Dennis Quaid for Russell Crowe, and he's like. I just want to have a fling with you. It's like, I didn't want to have a serious relationship with you. So he kicked her out. And so I think that that damaged her career. No, I think playing a, I think playing a, a, a Gulf War helicopter pilot in Courage Under Fire pretty much helped nail her career. There's n- nothing much after that. Amanda, I want to hear about the Dennis Quaid to Russell Crowe trade up or trade down. What, what are you thinking? Wow. Yeah. 
Russell Crowe in Gladiator, not mm-hmm. bad. Russell Crowe after Gladiator, no. <laughs> Zeus. <laughs> well, that's who she was going after, the Gladiator one. Yeah. It's not It's not sustainable, is it, that physique? Well, definitely. Yeah, clearly. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So anyway, he just ended up with a dad bod, didn't he? A big dad bod. City Slickers, I'm just going to go out there and say, yeah. Mm. City Slickers so, 1 and 2, yeah. The search but, for Curly's gold. Uh, I, don't, I don't actually think much of voiceover work, but he's, he definitely makes Monsters, Inc. Uh, a good film. Mike Wazowski. Yep. And that's, oh, that's yeah. One. That's true. Yeah, yeah. definitely. My, my, my he was big in Saturday, he, he was big for Saturday Night Live, too. Yeah. Uh, uh, alongside De Niro, and I analyzed this, analyzed that. Oh, yeah. Um, um, uh, Spinal Tap, again, he was in. Admittedly, barely. Barely, but he's still in it. Um, a film we've covered on the podcast, if you want to go back and listen to it, it's Running Scared, which we, uh, I very much enjoyed. On that, Throw Mama from the Train, uh, that was that was good. Yeah, uh, whether or not it's good in this, let's get to the film, let's find out. Tell you what, should we watch the trailer? Oh, yeah, sorry. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Yes, indeed. Well, okay, here's the trailer, everyone. <coughs> I brought you a special present. What is it? A book? This is a special book. It was the book my father used to read to me when I was sick, and I used to read it to your father. And today, I'm going to read it to you. I'll try and stay awake. Wesley had no money for marriage, so he packed his few belongings and left the farm to seek his fortune across the sea. The law of the land gave Humperdinck the right to choose his bride, the fabric will make the prince suspect that the Gildarians have abducted his love. You never say anything about killing anyone. I just happened to look behind us and something is there. He's obviously seen us with the princess and let's therefore die. Pick up one of those rocks, get behind the boulder. The minute his head is in view, hit it with the rock! I was not a sportsman that. I've got my country's 500th anniversary to plan. My wedding to arrange, my wife to murder, I'm swapped. <laughs> Jesus, Grandpa, what did you read me this thing for? Well, who says life is fair? Where is that written? Fencing, fighting, chases, escapes, giants, monsters. Torture, revenge, true love, miracles. Look, I'm retired. I might kill whoever you wanted me to miracle. He's already dead. I'll take a look. Bring him in. It's a nice for being the biggest and the strongest. I don't even exercise. Oh, that was a rubbish trailer. It was rubbish. It's just... Very lacklustre trailer, that. Plus, it gives it away, because it shows him without the mask. Oh, so the farm boy at the start. Oh, right, so that's him. That's that's your... Isn't that your big selling point, that you don't not supposed to know who he is? Yeah. Oh. 
But I think it was pretty obvious that you can tell who it was <laughs> as soon yeah. as you talked. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's like, like, it's like, like the disguise, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Yes. Why do you sound like? Why do you? Why have you got the same bone structure? And why do you sound like Wesley, the farm boy? Um. Anyway. Uh. Right. So onto the film. Uh. Opens up. It's a Christmas film. Do we agree? No. <laughs> Was that that's a Christmas? The, that's the maddest comment. That, um, that how Christmas? could you start this off? That was a hundred to one shot. This is a Christmas film. Do we all agree? What? <laughs> Wait, how is this a Christmas film? It's set at Christmas. Where? Was it set in, in the, the boys' in the bedroom? He's what? sick and he's the, in a bedroom. The mum <laughs> takes. A, the mum opens it up. It's it's got Christmas lights on. It's got there. The bookie opens up. Is in Christmas wrapping. There's a Santa on the shelf. I don't know how much more you want. That's, that's Mr. I, I saw that it was snowing, but I will say Die Hard is a bigger Christmas movie ah. than this one. <laughs> yeah, well, of which Amy is going to, uh, our daughter is going to come to that. She's going to see Die Hard in the in the best possible way uh, next weekend. No, it's two weekends. Yeah, it's a week on Saturday. Can't wait for that version with the MF, the MFs left in it and everything. Oh well, yeah. I assume we don't so. go to a we don't go to a cinema that says censored. Uh-huh. Yeah. Muddy funsters. That, that, yeah. that would be really popular, Inversion. wouldn't it? There'd be like four people in there going, "Yes, well, I never did like the swearing in Die Hard, so I'm glad they released the uncensored version." Mm-hmm. Oh, it made a total of forty-seven pounds <laughs> nationwide. Right. Well, I don't think. I think that one sounds well. Let's not get into all personal details. I don't know, but what, what cinema would you go to where you go? I'd like the censored version if that's all right. No, no, no. Just watch it at three o'clock on a, on a on ITV. You'll you'll get that version. Oh, it's a fifteen, isn't it? It is. We've yeah. got to prepare her for the obviously the blood and the the. Oh, she's seen the worse. Feet. I know, but dragging his feet over she's with worse the blood in your pouring out. Shooting up games. What is it? What is it that you play? Call of I Duty. I play Call of Duty. Yeah, she she watches out. She's my spotter on Call yeah. of Duty now and again. She's more in that. Yeah. Well. Yeah. There is quite some finishing moves which are quite harsh. Um. All right. Anyway. Anyway. Right. Onto the film. So. Okay. It opens up. It's with a Christmassy feel. Not a Christmas film. Not. And it's Peter Falk is reading to his sick grandkid, Fred Savage, uh, The Princess Bride that's been handed down. Saw that in the trailer. Um, so how do we like the opening of the film? How do we like how it's set? How do we like the the setup and the layup? I, I would go for, I'd, I'd just say, I love the quick pace of explaining things and you didn't have to wait too much to get to the point, which is the start. I really appreciated that. I thought it was very well done. Hmm. It's definitely a pacey, pacey start, and it gets cracking, doesn't it? And I think that that's quite an unusual device that they have told in storybook form, isn't it? And they keep occasionally cutting back to the kid and his grandpa in the bedroom, and I think that works really well. Actually, I think it could be clunky and distracting, but <clears throat> but I think that works well throughout the film. But I think, as Amanda said in her intro, that the star, it, it, you know, it, it's hard. This is a love story, and um, and I think they do tee it up really well. Those long, lingering glances across the fields, the the inverted relationship where the woman's got all the control and the fact that they both obviously get off on that to some extent mm-hmm. oh farm boy and as you wish i think it's slightly <laughs> i think one of the things, brilliant things about this film is it works for children who can just enjoy it on that straightforward romance and adventure level but there's plenty there for the adults i think to enjoy watching it and 
a couple of us on this pod at least picked up on a bit of a submissive, yeah, uh, <laughs> domination vibe going on there a little bit. Uh, Sadist and yeah. domination, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, semi-firm, perhaps. Some people might have been watching this intro. Obviously not me. <laughs> but... maybe, maybe that's why guys like it so much. I don't know. I, I've gone to conventions that sponsor that stuff, and I didn't see that in this movie. Did you not? No, I did not. There's, yeah. there's a yeah. something called Fetish Con over here in St. Petersburg. <laughs> right. And well, I've been there. Oh, times. we know all about. Yeah, yeah. I've seen well, the I, pictures. I haven't. I don't know about oh, this. Okay. I think our listeners deserve yeah. to hear more. Go on, Jen. Yeah. Well, was, you know. Fill your boots. Perhaps you I, did. I don't know. Oh, I, yeah, I, I don't know what I can say and what I can't say. Well, let's put it this way. Adult. Just be, yeah. Well, Hardcore, just, just Joe. go for it. Just just do it. It's fine. And let's let's find <laughs> out what happens when I don't click the button. It's fine. But don't go into graphic detail about, I don't know, glory holes and stuff. Whatever. Oh, he, I don't he know. started back. I, I didn't see what, Go, I didn't go see for those. it, Joe, but no, no detail. <laughs> go on, Joe. Just let your filthy mind wonder. Go on. Uh, no, there's a lot of hot girls there. Definitely. Um, mm-hmm. They, you know, they basically, they push all these different fetishes. Uh, like one of them is, you know, S&M bondage. And then they have, uh, what is it? Because I, I have a couple of friends that are models that go there. And she switched from being a, a bondage model to a, uh, what, you, what is it? The discipl- disciplinarian? Uh, what is that called? Dominatrix. Dominatrix, yeah, yeah, she became a dominatrix. Makes makes a hell of a lot of money being a dominatrix, which I get a kick out of. All the stories that she tells me, which again, I'm afraid to say on this podcast. Um, but yeah, Did you send Dom the photos later that you showed. I me. don't have any photos of that. <laughs> no, you don't know. Not photos of that. Just photos of the two girls. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll send some pictures. Yeah. Uh, I'll put it on WhatsApp. But uh, how does I, it no, work? I, though? I, Do they all have stools or something? And they go, well, well, why? No, so they have a this? convention. They have a convention, you know, like a, like a convention center, kind of like Comic Con, where they yeah. sell stuff. So they'll sell videos, and they'll sell whips, and they'll sell dildos, and sex machines, and you know, whatever you, they they, you know, you can imagine, masks and all that stuff. Um, whip dips, whip dips, chains and dips. <laughs> there was a guy, which was like. I used to go to the meet and greet, which I used to love because, you know, it was like basically we'd go to, it was a bar and you'd meet all the girls and all that stuff and you just talk to them. But there was a guy that used to come there and oh, yeah. he, was, he was legless. <laughs> like he was basically, he didn't have like below his torso. He had nothing, you know, I, although I think he might've had a penis, you know? Um, so he used to stand, he used to lay down at the bar and wait for girls just to stand on top of them. You know, on top of him, you know, and they would just basically stand in his area where his penis was, and what? yeah, you know, by the bar, like they'd be drinking while standing on top of him. I, I'd seen like a lot of weird things. Like I saw like this 80, 90 year old guy dressed in a diaper. <laughs> you know, uh, oh, being, I've seen documentaries about like baby transitions and stuff. <laughs> Was it inf- infantil- infantism or something? Something like that, isn't it? Uh, no, he was just some dude in a diaper. It was like, it was weird, you know? Um, and there was a girl there. And, you know, there's, and my, my friend does this too. She gets paid a lot of money for it. 
I can't believe we're saying this during the Princess Pride thing. I, I keep thinking of your clients. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> guys pay a lot of money to get kicked in the balls. Oh. And uh, so there was a girl at the bar and she was really hot. And I was like, I was like, I don't know if I have the courage to go up to her and talk to her, you know? And I was like slowly making my way up to her. And she looked beautiful. She was like in a business outfit and all that. And all of a sudden she just runs like she's like, I guess you would say a football goalie. And she kicks this guy in the nuts like she was trying to get that ball all the way across the field. Like it, like her foot would have touched her head if his his balls weren't there. Oh know? my god! <laughs> and then I was like, I'm done. <laughs> yeah, it's like I just walked away from her. I was like, Nope, it's not worth it. You know, but guys are into that stuff. I don't know why. I don't know. I still remember being on the football field, age twelve, getting a free kick straight in the happy sack from about 10 yards out and I still still remember the pain for that and there was absolutely no erotic element to it whatsoever you know <laughs> walking around speaking in a high-pitched voice for the next week with your it looked like I've got mumps because my they're up around, <laughs> around your neck somewhere that's uh did know, you have a cup pay somebody to do that did I you have an, like a cup or an athletic supporter on yeah, no, no, not, for, not for soccer as you would call it no. yeah was that just in rugby no. cricket did you talk like did you talk like Steve Martin in Plain Strange Waterbeds for a bit <laughs> yeah, for a while? Right. Yeah, but I don't know. Obviously, you know, who's to be judgmental? Each to their own, and the world's a you know a absolutely very place. But I do think anyone who enjoys getting kicked to the ball so hard that a woman's foot would have gone up to her head, presumably is then hospitalised or unable to do anything other than lie in a fe- fetal position for a while. What's what's the turn on there? And if you'd lost your legs, why would you let women stand? on your groin because you should be protective of the last little thing you've got going on. Well, it turns them on and you can look up their skirts at the same time. (laughs) In an era where you can get 24 hour hardcore pornography on your phone, you know, uh, with two clicks of your thumb. Why is lying on the floor looking up at a woman's skirt such a massive part? Because it's real, Dom. It's real. Yeah. Yeah. The only only downside is you have to humiliate yourself and have your (laughs) groin should we call it stepped on i think they would take their heels off oh, yeah, so. can we get back let's get, let's get him on. <laughs> Look, i do love this let's edit him onto <laughs> poor the pod. frankie poor frankie's going well it'd be nice to know what they actually thought of the bloody thing <laughs> bring old stump that's what i say anyway so so obviously we're not talking about that level of uh eroticism in this you know children's film but there's definitely some lingering glances <laughs> you guys are knowing references right yeah. Oh, so, and and the farm boy's line, I will always come for you. Well, you make it, you're building a good case, to be fair. Hey? That's, yeah, you're building a good case. Are. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I'm convinced. Um, anyway, she's kidnapped. Uh, by well, this, I have a by question, this, though. But, oh, we're never going to get, we're never no, going to get I'm not going to talk about sex or anything like that. But, you know, with, for the first time, I realized, so she's basically a commoner, right? What, she when, is? In the beginning. Well, no, she's got some form of, she's higher than him. Well, you know, yeah. no, I, I think they were they were both poor. Commoners didn't hire other commoners to do. But she wasn't a no. royal. She wasn't royalty, no, no. No, but she was high up and she probably like a, I don't know, Baron's daughter. I don't, I don't know. It's like she had a stall to shit in and he didn't. 
Okay, Jay. I mean, look, I know I go into levels of trivia about, you know, no, how, the just hot, how the Hoth base was protected in Empire Strikes Back doesn't make any sense at all. But <laughs> let's not go down that road. But I, I just don't get why that's... they would call it the Princess Bride. I mean, well, I, you know, I guess like when he, when the king got engaged to her, he made her a princess because she wasn't a princess. Yeah, right, that's where it true. comes from. Yeah, because he we, says we that, you know, mm. he can pick anybody from the land. Yeah. Mm. We are getting bogged down in the film that does move along at a reasonable pace, as you say, because after this initial introducing the two central characters, then you get to meet the baddies, and that's brilliant, isn't it? The Sicilian, the Spaniard, and Andre the Giant, quite a freaky bunch. And the kidnapping happens, she's on the boat, the killer eels, you know, all this happens within a very short time frame, and I think it's definitely one of the strengths of the film. And ultimately, something that the film can't carry on, I think, is that, that level of quality and pace that it has at the start. Yeah. And the, in, yeah. The, and the classic lines start inconceivable. Yeah. Yeah. And who knows? Who who knew we had a built up an aversion to IA came powder? It's just, I, oh, it could never lose. But yeah. Well, hang um, on a second. There's moving along at a lick and there's leaving out chunks of the film. You can't, you can't <laughs> possibly, like, study out, Charlie. Yeah. Uh, well, no, we well, were well, talking about it moving on. Yeah, but that's, you've, well, my favourite scene you've missed out there, which is when um, the Spaniard and the Dark Pirate Roberts, or Dread Pirate Roberts, whatever he's called, have that sword fight. Mm-hmm. They're both yeah. virtuosos. They're both using their wrong hand. They both have that banter and that rapport and that mutual respect, but it's going to be a fight to the death. How can you miss that scene out, eh? That, to me, was very thorough. It was very Puss in Boots as well, wasn't it? So, uh, from Shrek. Yeah. There's loads of Shrek references, though, aren't there? Well. Yeah. Sorry, Shrek subsequently referenced this film, the way that Prince Humperdinck is on his balcony. I think that's shot for shot the same yeah. as it is in Shrek as well. Anyway, presumably we're going to skip to the end now because Charlie's got fed <laughs> up with, uh, with those dragging our heels. So, as I say, oh, no, let's think... talk about every scene, shall we? We'll talk about every, every in order as well. Don't go outside of that. We need it to be a very linear. That's all right. One thing um, I, I found that that I, that I really didn't like this time was the music, because it, it sounded like yeah, a video game, yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, but it dun, could be because dun, 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 yeah, they're like harsh keyboards. It could be that you know the kid is so into video games that in his mind that's how he's picturing it. I don't know, but I think it would have been nicer if it was like a full orchestra or something like that. Mm. Yeah, you don't see too many of the like Princess Bride showing with a live orchestra. We, we, yeah, I don't suppose you have that over in the states. Well, we, we do, have, but you oh. know, but not the Princess Bride. <laughs> no. I think the ones we've got are Home Alone and Muppet Christmas Carol this year, where you just have like the live orchestra. It's nice and Christmassy. Okay, right. Well, somebody else move it on because otherwise, I might I might go too fast for Dom. Dom, I don't know. Well, why don't we get to that poison wine scene then, Charlie? That you skipped to prematurely yeah. previously. <laughs> Uh, uh, very well done very well written um yeah it, it, it's a it's a it's a genuine comedy scene and in which logic is just trying he's just trying to work it out and in the end he went i've given nothing away you, you've given everything away oh look over there it's a good scene it's a very good scene and sets it up nicely for obviously the two of them being together and then spending you know the for the next 20 minutes or so um, having to having to go through the uh, obviously in the what was it called the forest can't the remember fire swamp fire well, I was going to say I don't know any Sicilian that sounded like that <laughs> oh, I I love him you know but I would picture that he would have had some kind of accent right okay 
Like I, I was, well, you know, Mandy getting to Mandy Patemkin, you know, where, where he played. What was his name? Indio. Inigo Montoya. Yeah, I thought he was a Spaniard, and I was surprised to to learn that he was actually Jewish. You know, uh, so as you would say, fair play on him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, the fire swamp. I know that um, uh, one of the rodents, the rodents were all played by people in suits. Oh, really? Um, it wasn't yeah. a big, massive rat? <laughs> oh, thank uh, God you told me that. <laughs> I, I thought this was the first misstep of the film. I thought the, um, you know, yeah. really high quality, well written and sharp, and then they go to some fraggle rock level of, you know, <laughs> rubbish puppetry and men in costumes. So, mm. yeah, I just think, you know, all right, they're working on a budget, but goodness me. Yeah, I'm the assuming where, they, yeah. They, I'm assuming they were midgets. Or can we say that? Little uh, people. You can say whatever you like. I think it's people small with people. Dim, diminutive stature. No, small people are called. Small. <laughs> okay. That still retains some of its uh, potential humour, I suppose. Um, the uh, bit in the one of the people that played uh, one of the rats was caught speeding on the way to the set. Um, and basically... It, no, no, it's true. Oh. He was caught speeding and basically said, um, you need to let me off. Why? Because I'm playing an oversized uh, rat in a film. And basically went, no, the police didn't believe him and actually dragged him off. And the reason he was late is because they took him to jail. Um, so he didn't have to miss a day's filming because the guy in the suit, the rat suit, couldn't attend. Where was it filmed? Uh, mostly in England. I think the majority of it was in England. There's quite a lot of halls that are mentioned as location shoots. And one of them is Haddon Hall. Um, I should have pointed out where that, should have looked up where that was. I didn't. That's, that's I, really that's a really bad story. So the police didn't believe him. They say they dragged him off his little booster seat, yeah, and they um, put him <laughs> in the back of the uh, of the wagon. Oh, we drive, yeah, he drove a little car, you know, like a little clown car type thing. Yeah, like, that's where he Mr. drove. Mr. Bean's car. Oh, <laughs> that's just prejudice. That's, that's sickening. Okay. <laughs> He might have a little car. Why would you have a? Well, I don't know. You might have a, a regular-sized car. car and that just a big old booster seat in it, and um, you know, passed they, off as a, a normal they, member of society. Were they call you call the cops bobbies or something over there? <laughs> well, I, I, think, I think yeah. If you have got a time machine, yeah, you, you can so, go back and see. Yeah, right. You're going to a movie. You're going to the slab out of you are. <laughs> <laughs> oh Joe, I love you. He's great. We all love it's him. so good. He tries so hard. It's so I've got a hearing. Bobbies. No, we don't call them that. There's there's more there's names I, I couldn't I, I, I could was the last time you had anyone refer to them as the Bobby? Well, yeah. Well, back no. in days of old they were the Bobby, the local the local Bobby. You used to have somebody assigned to your area that used to just walk around and do local sort of policing and stop the youths from like graffitiing and stuff. Mm. Now they're called Rosas, or uh, well, there are names for them which I can't possibly put. No, no, no. We're pro, we're pro police on this uh, pod. You know, we're a um, pro police pod. PPP. Yeah. Oh, are we right? Okay. Okay. Um, right. So moving on, the fire swamp. Uh, minor annoyance. They come out of the fire swamp. And lo and behold, the the Prince Humperdinck and his troop that were chasing them catch them at the end of the fire swamp. 
Did they not have to go? Did they not go through the fire swamp? They went round it. They knew the shortcut. Because there was a scene where they were in the fire swamp. Yeah, but they were like, oh, I'm sure there's another route round. Of course. They had a lot of knights with them. Mm -hmm. I'll say it again. Their transportation, didn't they? That's that's your explanation. That's your that's your weird. What, so it's so it's so difficult error. with with uh, sands everywhere that people can fall into, and you've got fire going off all over the place. You mm-hmm. actually think having a horse in that forest makes it makes it an advantage? No, no. But I'm going to blow your mind here, right? And that's that forests have boundaries, and you can go round them. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. That's a proven, massive place, though. Well, why did they go round them? Because they didn't have horses. Oh, jeez. You know, horses are the crucial plot point there that you've overlooked. And they were probably having sex too, <laughs> and we just didn't ah, see it. There you go. Yeah. All that, all that getting sucked down into the quicksand triggered some erotic associations <laughs> in their mind, and they just had to go at it like a couple of woodland creatures. What, like an asphyxiation spells. thing, was it? Asphyxiation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Have you spiked his, his Pepsi mango? tonight, Amanda? Because he's Wait, off it's his head. Wait, that brought it up? Not <laughs> me. He's off his head tonight. Well, if you're in quicksand, you can't breathe, can you? Might be turn on. I don't know. Suffocation's a, a thing. Yeah, isn't it? exactly. Here we go. Thank you. Okay. Well, I don't know about this. What, what are you on about, Amanda? <laughs> oh, I, so I was just checking to see if there was a a porn version of The Princess Bride, and there is. Is What's that? It called? It's called The Princess Bride, Princess Butterbutt. Oh, yikes. So, anyway, Amanda, let's keep this civil. Go back to your comments on <laughs> suffocation and the erotic potential for that. So, yes. where were you? I just happened to say it, it is a thing. It's a thing. Uh-huh. Yeah. I, I would not know about it personally. Okay. But asphyxiation, yeah. Charlie, Charlie's got a bead of sweat appeared on his brow. Raised, Michael, raised heartbeat and... Michael Hutchins uh, loved it. I remember that. Yeah, it's supposed to heighten orgasm, isn't it? Yes, it is. Mm. Having never done it, I wouldn't. I don't have a frame of reference. I don't think I could ever do that. Kill Bill too. He also died from that too. Oh, okay. Mm. Oh, popular then. In that way, right? Um, Not recommended, kids. Don't do that either. Don't Google that. Yeah. Anyway, um, uh, she makes a deal and says, "Don't harm him. Uh, and let you know, don't harm him." And I'll become your, I'll become your wife, and I'll become the queen, and I'll do all of that. I, I swear uh, it will be done. That's what yes, that's right. And then obviously, they have no intention of it. He gets taken down into the, is it the well of despair? Is it, I remember it right. The pit of despair, I think it is. I, yeah, it yes, might have been the like pit of despair. Yeah. Yeah. Pit of despair. Is that in uh, the tree trunk? Yes, that's right. Where yeah. only Mel Smith knows, and and there's only three people that know where it is um like yeah and he gets tortured um weirdly i thought that they might have turned it up to 11 but uh but they didn't I, I like the way that it's described as the machine that sucks the life out of you because uh, <laughs> i've been in meetings like that before yeah <laughs> there's yes, also machines that can actually do that oh uh, yeah <laughs> You, you, can't right. keep, you can't keep dropping these cryptic hints into the conversation, then backtrack. Oh, he, so. he acts like he's not a man of the world. I mean, crikey, he's, he's, he's playing pushing. a role here. The role is just to get as much information as he can so that he can uh, incriminate. I, I don't know. If I wasn't sitting in the gloom like I am, 
uh, I would be, you'd see my blushing cheeks now. So maybe blushing cheeks is something to do with what you're talking about, Amanda. I don't know. You have to, have to elaborate. <laughs> cheeks? No, it has nothing to do with cheeks. Okay, so blimey, sucks the life out of you. What, what, what are you talking about? <laughs> Back to the film, right, kids? Calm down, you crazy she's kids. Sending, she's sending me WhatsApps now. Amanda, <laughs> calm down. No. Anyway, he gets tortured. She becomes the queen. He says, "I'm going to send four ships out in each direction," uh, even though that doesn't make any sense. So what? One goes north, one goes east, one goes west. So there's loads, so many, so much room that's not covered, but it's fine. Maybe it's um, flat Earth. I don't know. Oof! Let's not go down Maybe that road. A quadrant each. <laughs> let's say flat Earth for the next season. Um. Uh. Yes. So gets tortured, and because uh, she's resisting, and because she's. Uh, he gets he gets so upset that he turns the machine up to 20 i think was it 20 or 50. 30 50 turns it up to 50 and kills him and at that point the reintroduction of Inigo Montoya and Andre the giant come back in because the villagers have had to be cleared out there the uh was it the the thieves have to be cleared out of their their town um and basically they need him um so they need him to, to go and get resurrected. So yeah, we're at that point. What did people think about the scene leading up to that? This is just before we get to Billy Crystal. Okay. Torture scene, yeah. Some yeah. I'm yeah, uh, not, think... not a fan of Mel Smith's performance, but uh no. the kind of ambiguous machine which never really explained what it does, just that it sucks mm. a year off your life. Um works well, I think. <laughs> I'm sure there was a gag in there about uh, anyway there were there, there is and i'll just I leave a, it i went a bit early with meetings i could have kind of woven that in better so um yeah just have you got any canned laughter teed up for the special effects here <laughs> play that over where i made a half half delivered joke earlier yeah i will do something i will work something out okay. um so yeah so we get to them taking them to billy crystal did did we like the billy crystal carol kane bit even though it's no you didn't like it. No, you don't I like don't. Billy because you don't I like don't Billy like Crystal, Crystal, or because you don't like what he did in this. I both. Okay. Yeah, I hated it. I, I didn't like them at all. Um, I didn't find it funny. No. Oh. First of all, it, it kind of—I've seen him do that shtick so many times, like the old Jewish man. And I, again, I read in trivia that Rob Reiner, who is the director was laughing so much that he couldn't be on the set yeah i read that there. i was like i was like are you serious <laughs> you know? yeah it's very cringy to mm-hmm. me it just doesn't I belong th- in that setting i am I, um, I thought there were some good lines in it you know he's only mostly dead mostly and dead he, yeah he i'm flopped down and he's uh i've seen worse and things but i think this is another example of where the director gets too indulgent and he just allows this to run away with him that the prosthetics and the makeup are, are poor quality um again yeah. they skimped on the special effects budget i think and that's distracting from the actual humor which i think isn't you know meant to everyone's cup of tea but i thought it was words in places but yeah they just have these little 
set piece things which seem detached from the rest of the film and they jar slightly because I think the quality is a backhanded compliment in a way. The quality is so high elsewhere that when it lets itself down, it's a bit of a miss hit. Like, like this scene, I think it, it really sticks out more noticeably. Mm. Mm, okay. I mean, there definitely were a lot of people that liked it. I, I do know people that think that's the highlight of the film. And it's like, mm, okay, you know, to each their own, I guess. I don't think, I think it's so well done. I don't think there's a standout highlight for me. I don't think there's something that I'm waiting to get to, to that particular bit. I just think that the whole film works like really well. And especially when you get up to the Dread Pirate Roberts, where Andre the Giant plays him in order to get to the the mountain of soldiers that are in front of the castle uh, in order to get there. But yeah, I, I, I think the, because we're coming to the end of the film now, again, I agree with you about the Peter Cook thing. It is milked and overdone. Um, whereas again, I had fond memories of that. Um, the bit where he's coming back to life, I think is, is well played, especially with the, the head movements and the, you know, the movements and all that sort of thing. I did find that genuinely funny. So I did think that was good, but it leads up. I think it just cues everything up nicely for a really good end. There's a line in some of these kind of final confrontations where the Spaniard is fighting the six fingered man. Who's the, the henchman isn't he? The sort of bodyguard. And uh, he does that line. That's the worst thing I've ever heard. How marvelous that, that used to be my mate's uh, line that he would, Surprising regularity to be able to drop into conversation. It's probably on account of the fact he knew me and, uh, yeah, and uh, my travails through university. But uh, yeah, that's it. The worst thing I've ever heard. How marvellous. Yeah, that's uh, that's always stuck with me. But the the interplay going into... Uh, from, uh, what's again? Well, God, I've got him written down here. Wonder Years. Wesley? Fred Savage. Yeah. The, the cutbacks to Fred Savage are really good because they don't yeah. like it. Not happy. This is a kissing movie. Uh, wait a minute. It can't end like that. Oh, you can carry on reading if you really want to. And then he's well into it. And, you know, even asked at the end of the film, can he come back and read it again tomorrow? And you're like, yeah, that sounds like, well, obviously, obviously enjoyed it. But I think, you know, the... I think the interplay with the final scene and going into different rooms and them doing stuff over here and this happening over there, I think makes for a really sort of not necessarily strong ending, but something that's it's 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 good and it rounds the film off nicely. I think. Do we think? I think it's wrapped up nicely. I don't know about strong finish, but I think no, it would be it's not strong. He, but... he, he couldn't he couldn't let it. You know, it is a fairy tale, isn't it? And so it's got to have a fairy tale. Ending, I think, and that's not to the detriment of the film. It'd be disappointing and jarring if if it you know threw a twist in at the end. So I think the hero gets the girl, the evildoers are defeated, and um, yeah, some of the the people that deserve a break get a break at the end of the film. So it's a nice way to to end it all. It's a it is a feel good film. I think it's classic. Sick day at school. Watch that. Cheer yourself up a little bit. Yeah, yeah, I'd say so. So um, should we get to the scores then? Should we see what everyone thinks? Yeah. Um. I guess, Joe, you, do you want to go first or should, I, should we go in the order that we went? And Should I go first? Yeah, go ahead. Um, so, yeah, as I say, it's it's a film that, you, as you just put on, perfectly encapsulated, Don, it's a perfect film that you'd have on if you weren't feeling too well and you just wanted something to, to watch that wasn't going to be too demanding, but you know it's going to deliver, it's, you know it's going to be entertaining. Um, I've got to give this seven and a half out of ten. 
I think it's it does have flaws, but yeah, I think that's where it naturally sits for me. Ah, uh, Buttercup. Um, yeah, I'll watch it again. In fact, I've got an operation uh, in the week, so I will be recovering, and I probably won't want to pay attention too much. So it'll it'll get itself back on again because I kind of drifted off at the ending. Um, so I'll watch it again and and kind of pay pay a bit more attention. But for me, yeah, it was enjoyable. I liked the kind of um, theme to it. Um, the uh, pirate guy was very easy on the eye. So yeah, it was uh, quite nice. Um, so yeah, six and a half from me. Oof. Wow. Didn't think it was going to be that high. Dom, where are we going with with you, my uh-huh. friend? Yeah, so uh, definitely stronger than what's come so far. So I think it's, it's a witty, charming, original film. There's a lot to be said for originality, I think. Uh, it's creative, um, full of lovely moments and quotable lines, many of which I still remember some memorable characters. So I think it it can't sustain the, the pace and the quality of the first half of the film. And there are one or two scenes which do fall flat. So I'm going to give it an eight and a half out of ten. Yeah, I, I would say it, it's no raging bull. It's not like it's a classic film, but I think what it does accomplish, it's a film that children can watch and also adults can watch together, you know, mm. where it's just fine for everyone to see it. It's one of those films where it's it's fun to watch, but again, it's not. I wouldn't say it's it's well written or it's perfect. It probably could have been if it had more time in the oven. But I, I think overall, like it, it does have rewatchability, which a lot of films don't have. So I, I'll give it an eight out of ten. Mm. Ooh, wow. Okay. I like that. It's a nice, nice spread. High scoring we're we're roughly there, in yeah, the same sort of, you know, we're only, you know, t- two marks out. So it's not like somebody really didn't like it. Yeah. Good. Nice one. Good pick, Frankie. Thank you for that. Um, I would like to invite Frankie. You don't get another go for a while, um, but we will, you know, if you do have anything that by all means, Dom, you said you have, you already had some queued up, but yeah, which, my, which we'll get my, to in a moment. My Frankie's uh, contributed some already, so... Okay, we'll get to that in in one moment. But I would just invite listeners, dear listeners, we we are here for your, you know, listening pleasure or viewing pleasure. Um, I'm starting to get erotic overtones again, Charles. uh, (laughs) Yeah, we are your servants in this matter. as you wish. Yeah. Yes. Um, Whatever you want us to do, it's fine. Yeah, if you want to recommend something, you you want us to take a look at something, you know... Uh, we are going to stray into the 90s. So if you want an 80s or a 90s... We're prepared to push boundaries. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. you can have the adventures of Ford Fairlane, if you so wish. Uh, that's a nice bridge between the 80s and the 90s. It's a film that Amanda would hate, and I'm not just talking don't like, hate. We might see the first zero, I think, if she ever watched that film still. Anyway, Dom, what were the two films you got? Are we allowed to know them now, or is no. it... no? No spoilers. Oh, okay. That's fine. Right. Are they part of your choice or are they extras that we're going to put in? This is for our next season. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Lucky, no, night, they're, 90s they're, Lucky they're, Dip. They're part of my, uh, yeah, they're part of my overall choice, two of which have been ah, supplied right, okay. by Frankie. Well, nice one. Let's hope Frankie's, Frankie hits the, uh, hits the dartboard, it, you know, gets Frank, it right. Frank, Frankie like, hits like, the spot. It's uh, That's the one. <laughs> that's the fella his um, name isn't really frankie is it 
Um, well, it's not not a guy. All right, like, like Frankie Bridge. Um, so we can only do one Christmas film, by the way, Bombshell, because we don't have time to record. So we we are. This is where the listeners, you know, by all means, should we let the listeners? Should we let the listeners decide what the which one they want to? I mean, we'll get votes. I, I genuinely have people that 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 talk to me. I know that people at work listen Do to this. Do you? Yeah. This, this is why we improvise. Say how much they like the podcast. Yeah. Look, bar humbug. Why? Why are we only doing one Christmas film between twenty sixth of November? Got- Oh, I was looking at it as the next week was the... No, right, yeah. No, we can do two. Right, okay, Ebenezer. let's do two. Yeah, okay. Right, okay. So Scrooge and a Christmas story. I might not be able to. Either one? Because I'm you anti- away with work. Oh, you were anti-Christmas or something. Well, no. Nancy Bill well, Murray. I'm a little bit Scroogey, yeah, probably. Um, But I'm going to be away with work for... Uh, a bit after recovering from my op on a Sunday night. Yes, I have to travel yeah, on a Sunday night. Travel time, yeah. The life of an auditor, hey, glamorous. Um, and that's you, sweetheart. Of course, glamorous. Oh, gee, thanks. Um, Sleepless nights because I can't sleep because it's a strange bed in hotels. That's what it boils down to. So we'll work it out. So you can join us for a Christmas story. Because I haven't seen that and I don't know anything about it, and I'm purposefully not finding anything about it because I'm genuinely want to sit down and see it for the first time. We'll do Scrooge then without you because I know you don't like Bill Murray. Even though I will watch it and I'll have it on, that's fine. Okay, cool, right. Well, then that's decided. No, listeners, you you were about to by all means get in touch with us and say what? <laughs> why, why are you not doing? Well, look at what the, the Christmas films that we've done. Die Hard, Die Hard 2, Home Alone, Home Alone 2, Prancer. Don't go and watch that. Do listen to our podcast. Don't watch the film. It's possibly what it might be in the top 10 worst films I've ever seen. <laughs> might, maybe even top five. Um, Cool. Right. So on that note, uh, ho, ho, ho. We'll see you in December for, for the first of the Christmas films. So uh, I'm going to say cheerio. Die hard. You just crushed his ending there. <laughs> oh, he did. He did know what, she's, what, what did he say? Is it die hard? We've done die hard. You didn't join us. Um. <laughs> Keep up. A, We've done that one. It's a strong finish to the pod, everyone. Well, well yeah. done. All right. All right. Cheerio, everyone. See you. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.